This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. Welcome to the show, everyone. Glad to have you along with me as I visit today with Mary Lou Smith. She is one of the owners of Buena Vida Farm and also has created a really neat program that we're going to be talking about here in just a moment. Mary Lou, before we get into that, though, tell us about your background, if you will, and then uh, tell us more about the farm. I grew up in eastern New Mexico on an irrigated continental alfalfa farm, so I got farming in my blood really early. Um, then in uh, mid-years, my husband and I had an engineering firm that was an irrigation-related firm, so I stayed very involved with water. At one point, I was on the city of Fort Collins water board, and I spent quite a few years with the Colorado Water Institute at CSU, so water and agriculture have, have long been in my blood. All right, and then now tell us about uh, Buena Vida Farm. Okay. Well, when my hubby and I moved here um, on this farm near Windsor, um, we first, um, of course, built our house, which is a New Mexico territorial-style house, a very humble house, but distinctive as it fits the land, and we began a crop of blue spruce trees, drip-irrigated blue spruce trees using water from the Loudon ditch. And in later years, our daughter farmed with us some, and she began farming vegetables. And we um, got an equip grant and put in a high tunnel. All of this was going on while we were still having full-time jobs other than the farm. About three years ago, when I retired from CSU, it dawned on me that I would love to involve Hispanic women in an opportunity to do the work of growing the vegetables, and then they would get to keep the money from the vegetables they grew. Our farm would provide the land and the water and the irrigation system. And I can tell you more about that, but should I pause for a moment? No, let's hear more about that. Okay. Well, the first year, um, the women, uh, we worked under a model of having one full-time woman and then others who worked occasionally. But the second year, we realized that if we wanted to make this a viable operation, we needed to find funding for these women to be paid not directly, because most of them are undocumented, but as a scholarship as they learn about agriculture. So we began finding CSU professors and area farmers who were willing to come teach the women about farming, and we found a fiscal sponsor, a 501c3 organization, the Fort Collins Community Action Network, and through that, we were able to receive grants from a variety of sources to provide scholarships for these women 
to learn about agriculture and then learn by doing as they grew the crops, they harvested the crops, they uh, learned how to take care of the soil, they learned how to market the crops, and this year they're actually even learning how to keep their own books. Now, Mary Lou, do they actually come on to your farm to do this, or do you have satellite operations, or how does that work? It's all on this farm. Actually, they're only farming about half an acre, but if people who have been into vegetable gardening are listening, they will know that half an acre intensely planted is quite a bit of of, uh, produce, and all of it is drip irrigated. Um, Stephen Smith is an agricultural engineer, so he makes sure that the irrigation runs properly. Um, The women choose what they want to grow, and they are marketing it. They sell some of their produce to beavers in Fort Collins, some to the Market Avenue Market, which is formerly called the Fort Collins Co-op. They have been selling some of their vegetables to a fancy restaurant, Little on Mountain. Their major markets are Morning Fresh Dairy, uh, where Amber Graves, one of the owners, reached out to us to provide uh, weekly bags of vegetables for their milk delivery customers. So our women are putting together bags with cucumbers, green beans, onions, cherry tomatoes, uh, chard, uh, just a beautiful assortment of vegetables that we deliver out to Morning Fresh Dairy, and then their delivery people deliver to people in town. Uh, Another of our big outlets is the curbside online ordering program of Boulder Farmers Market. They work with us, and every week they find out what we have to sell. They offer it to their customers, and then once we know how much they want, we deliver to them on Wednesdays everything they need to supply uh, their curbside pickout spots, which are in Boulder, Longmont, Loveland, and Denver. So that has been a wonderful, wonderful sales outlet for us. Uh, we don't do farmers markets typically because they don't bring in enough money for the effort. But this weekend we did do uh, the Birthed Farmers Market and had a delightful time. They allow you to come just every once in a while, whereas most farmers markets you have to sign up for the season. We're also going to be selling on September 10th in Loveland at an antique shop called Vera's, and we're going to be the only produce while other people will be selling antiques. So some of your listeners might want to come buy our vegetables there. How many ladies are involved in this? This year we have six. We we, um, brought in enough grant money to add two women. Last year we had four. This year we have six. And I will say that a couple of our women uh, helped us. They took over some of the grant writing this year. So some of what I have always done, they are beginning to do. For instance, one of our women took English classes at Front Range Community College this 
winter and became proficient enough that now she is the person reaching out to our markets so that I'm not having to do that. The concept is that even as early as next year, I may have almost no involvement because they will now know how to run the thing themselves. Mary Lou, when I first contacted you, it was regarding something I saw on the Salsa Project. How does that tie into this? Oh, I'd love to tell you about that. Well, two years ago, during the pandemic, we worked with uh, an area group called Fuerza Latina that wanted to do um, a sale, but we couldn't really sell because of the pandemic. So we organized an online situation where area churches who wanted to support uh, immigrants um, set up a website where people could order online. And we sold our vegetables online, whereas Fuerza Latina sold tamales online, and a group from Guatemala sold beautiful Guatemalan masks online. Well, at that point, we came up with the idea of taking a Ziploc bag and putting in that bag everything you would need to make your own salsa. And we used a recipe that I have used for years that is extremely simple. It's simply onion, green chilies, tomatoes, and a little bit of cilantro and a a food processor. Well, we called it Make It Easy Salsa Kit, and we sold a lot of those that year. However, when we heard that the Colorado Department of Agriculture and their Colorado Proud program wanted to encourage small farmers to come up with ways to embellish their products in ways that would be better merchandising, ways to sell their products in, say, small grocery stores, we knew we couldn't just put them in a Ziploc bag. So we got a grant, and they paid for our packaging, our labels, our uh, beautifully printed recipe cards, and the development of a a website, which we will soon be releasing, um, and um, money for us to investigate, research what the markets might be. So just last week, we were able to sell our first Make It Easy Salsa kits at Beaver's Market in Fort Collins. Then we also sold them, and they sold like hotcakes this weekend at the Berthed Farmer's Market. And we had a representative from Sprouts contact us about perhaps selling these in their stores throughout Colorado next year. That's outstanding, and in a very short amount of time. Yeah, we work fast. (laughs) And I must say, these women work harder than any women I have ever seen work. When the When the sun was up by 5 a.m. this summer, they were here at 5 a.m., and they work until 3, 4 o'clock every Monday. Now, their main day to work is Monday because they all have other full-time jobs. One has her own house cleaning business. One is a nanny. One makes toys for 
animals that she sews at her house and then sells to a pet distributorship. These women are amazing. They're from Nicaragua, Guatemala, and Mexico, and they are amazing, hardworking, enterprising women, and I am so very proud of them. What are some of the goals you have maybe for not only the Salsa Project, but for this this whole program in general and where it's headed and helping some minority women with on the farm or help them be, with their entrepreneurship endeavors, so on and so forth? Oh, wonderful question. Well, we believe that next year the women are going to be in much better shape to take on the project pretty much on their own. I've been, the first year I did 80, I did 80% of everything except the actual crop work. This year I'm only doing 30% plus they're doing all the crop work. I think next year I can be down to 5 or 8%. Um, so the women are learning how to run their own business and they are not going to be so dependent on these uh, grant money scholarships because they are beginning to make enough money from selling the vegetables that we may be able to come up with smaller scholarships for more women. They tell me they, they are asked almost every week someone wants to apply. So I see the program growing. It may not always happen here at this farm. I've had interest from other farms. Uh, another possibility is a children's program. We had a small children's program last year here, and we were going to do one in cooperation with 4-H here this year and had a grant to do it, but we simply did not have enough bandwidth to do it and had to turn down the grant. All right. So that's something that maybe you could pick up again later in the future. Right. Opportunity for immigrant children to come out on the farm and plant something and weed something and harvest something. Last year, we had uh, just six children, and they came on three different days and did that. And we had one young man who had recently, one young man, he was eight years old, he recently had come from Mexico, and he told his mother that it was the best day of his life, the day that he planted those seeds. That's awesome. What a great experience. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mary Lou, what else would you like to say today or talk about that I haven't asked about? Well, we do. Um, we, we still do need contributions. Those who wish to con- contribute can do so tax-free. Uh, they can go to our current website, Buena Vida Farm slash Proyecto, and they can contribute through the Fort Collins Community Action Network. Um, so that's worth mentioning. Um, otherwise, uh, we are going to try to increase the places that we can sell our vegetables, but selling vegetables is labor-intensive, and we have to look for ways to get the most bang for our hour of time. All right. Well, it sounds like there's still a lot of things that you would like to do with this program, but what a great launch. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about it. Well, thank you for asking great questions. 
Once again, my guest here today has been Mary Lou Smith. She is one of the owners of Buena Vida Farm located in Windsor, Colorado, and uh, working on this great program for minority women and the Salsa Project. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen Podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.